Welcome to the Michelle Mission, Two Men, One Podcast, Every Black Film Ever Made. My name is Vincent Williams. I'm joined as always by my partner. Hey, what's up? Holla at your boy. This is Len, a.k.a. The Bat Tribble. And on this stop, we are taking a pretty deep dive into the 70s with the Candy Tangerine Man. Yeah, say that five times fast. The Candy Tangerine Man, directed by Matt Keimer and written by Michael Angel, starring John Daniels mm-hmm. as the Black Baron. <laughs> Mild-mannered family man by day, avenging pimp at night. <laughs> this was the choice of Mr. Lynn Webb. But before we get to the Candy Tangerine Man. Avenging pimp. Wow. That's apt. It, it, <laughs> he is a pimp. And he does do a bit of avenging. A bit of avenging. He does indeed. Yeah. As well as stock and bond trading somehow. Yeah. <laughs> There's also bond fraud. There's a, it's a lot of <laughs> amb- amb- ambiguous things going on in the Candy Tangerine Man. Um, I don't know. Who apparently has a Candy Tangerine Batmobile as well. But anyway... <laughs> Before I digress, I was about to say, because this whole film is a digression. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Never mind, like, how we had to watch it and in what state we had to watch it. Oh, easy. But (laughs) before we go there. But before we go there. Shout out to everyone who is watching us. Yes. Watching this broadcast uh, on YouTube. Um, as well as on Facebook and LinkedIn. Shout out to every one of you out there in the chat who we can't respond to. Yes. Because this was previously recorded. But we know you're there. We hope you're there. We hope you're there. (laughs) Hopefully we're not just speaking into the void. I hope they didn't take the week off either. Right, right, right. That'd be crazy. Um, but shout out to each and every one of you. We're going to get right into the show, Vincent. Uh, we don't have any listener mail. Oh, no mail. No mail. Well, well we covered everything. We did. I, I think I think everything that needed to be covered in car wash, mm-hmm. we handled it. We did. Uh, I do like the fact that we are in a community where we have someone immediately who knows the difference between random working black actors from the 70s who appeared in one episode of several shows (laughs) and can differentiate them from random black actress two Mm -hmm. who worked on the 70s and appeared on one episode of random shows yeah yeah so we've got quite a a menagerie yeah oh yeah missionary yeah um, populace there so so shout out to aaron fry yes Yes. Long time faithful. Yes. Missionary. Yes. Uh, so without any listener mail. Yes. One would think we would just get right into things. You would think. You would think. But come on. We're a linear show. We usually, you know, yeah. have an agenda, stick to it. But even though we're previously recording, I do have to, to ask you a, a bit of a question. Vince. Okay. And this is, and yes, this is straying a little bit of a far. Okay. Okay. So if, if I'm going to ask you if you could just turn your camera slightly. Oh, 
right. over there so that the audience can see my Batman candy dish that is just off to your Oh my goodness, it's left. empty. It's empty. The dish is empty. It is empty. Now, yes. Now it is empty because in the summer, you, I got to be very selective about the candy that I have in there because I usually have chocolates. He does. But they melt. They do melt. Uh, I then sometimes have Jolly Ranchers. He does. They melt. They get sticky. They get very, very sticky. Yeah. That's how you get ants. Right. So I had to get get rid of it. So um, you're going away. I for, am. For a vacation. I am actually having a staycation here. Okay. And having a bit of a get together at my home. So I'm unsure of exactly what candy I should buy that is summer safe for the dish for the get together. Well, the candy that I think you should get is one that it, it would be perfect for a bowl, but you can't have people sticking their hands in it. So I guess maybe you can get like the, the, the snack packs. I mean, that's the whole deal with M&Ms. They melt in your mouth, not in your hands. Right. Like that's their whole shtick. Yeah. Now you can have a bowl of loose yeah, M&M's. You can't. Because no. it's not 1977. <laughs> Even earlier. Yeah, but I, I think you can get like 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 the bags that they sell during Halloween with the little snack bags, but they sell them all year round. Okay. That's not a bad idea. I mean, I don't know like how many I could get in there. I, I guess that works. Right, like the little snack bags, though. So that would be the snack bags of the M and M's plain and the M and M's peanuts. Right, right, right. I guess I could do that. I like the M and M's peanut butter, I like those. those but I, do do they have those in the snack bags? Those that are I don't know. New. I think that those I are don't fairly know. New. I I I really wasn't planning on talking about any. This is <laughs> this was not on my list of things. I, this is not on the outline. Yeah, that's yeah, true. It's not on here. the outline. Right. But you did touch on something else. Okay. Okay. What else? Did no, I... just something that that okay. I sometimes randomly think about. Okay. What's, what's is that? that you talked about how this is not 1977. It's not anymore. We just have a big, it was just big bowls of stuff. Right. People bowls of thing. And everybody reached their hands in to get it. And it, it got me, sometimes I think about you know, uh, that in my, you know, how things change in, in, or over the course of your lifetime. Mm -hmm. And the funny thing is, is that in my lifetime, but I don't think my, my daughter would never know the difference. But in our lifetime, I remember a time when there was not like that protective layer on uh, like groceries when you went to the grocery store. Right. You know, like on like the first thing that comes to my mind is like ketchup. Yeah, you'd open up the ketchup and boom. Yeah, boom. It's ketchup. You just raw dog it. Yeah, yeah. But now there's that layer right on everything. Right. And the reason, and it, 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 this just again, I guess it's you know it reminds you of how effed up our country can be, and it has always been. The reason why this was is because. People were going into supermarkets and they were spiking. Yeah, tampering with the food. Tampering with and, the food and, and stuff. The, 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 I mean, everything. Food, lotion, toothpaste, yeah, everything. everything. Like everything has that little protective cover on it now. Yeah, that's that's that's, that's crazy, man. It's it, but it's crazy. Like it's it's normal. 
Yes. Now, but it's just crazy that I don't know. I was thinking about it. I was like, I can remember a time when that wasn't so. Absolutely. That wasn't necessary. Okay. Well, I'm that's, that's, that's <laughs> okay. All right. It's been melancholy memory lane. <laughs> top five. Who's your top five? Top five. All right. Now, this week's top five, Vincent, uh, was inspired, as both of our features were, by the film that we are going to be reviewing. The Candy Tangerine Man. Yes. And the aspect of the film that inspired my top five is the fact that, as you pointed out in the beginning, this film stars John Daniels. Yes. Now, John Daniels, among many things um was an actor yes who surprisingly though i think he's you know he's not the most well-known actor i don't think he's well known at all no but he was a leading man in not one but two feature films. yes he was actually he may have been the leading man in more than that but certainly two that i can think of yes absolutely the candy tangerine man Uh uh-huh and and uh he was the lead wasn't he the lead in black shampoo black shampoo that's right right now whether or not john daniels deserved to be the lead in one or two films we'll discuss that later that's coming very soon. However, what I have is a top five, my top five. Your top five. Of black men who they they didn't necessarily need to be leading men. However, okay, they were leading men of more than one film. Okay. All right. Now, this does not include... So I tried to... Uh, differentiate between um, actors who were the lead in a film and then through lack of access weren't able to lead in another film. Okay. But easily could have. Okay. Right? And despite I just, something about this guy I just never clicked with, I couldn't find a way to justify putting Alan Payne on this list. Okay. Uh, because he was the lead in Jason's lyric. Yes. And I think he was being propped up to be kind of like a leading man of black film. Absolutely. But he never really got there. And he really doesn't get another opportunity until several years later with Blue Hill Avenue. And I couldn't use that because I've never seen the film. It's, you know, it's it's a bit of, of a... I mean, it's a gangster film. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's really a, almost a Sugar Hill knockoff. That's what I've which is ironic read, because Sugar yeah. Hill, of course, starts what stars Wesley Snipes, and mm-hmm. you think of the two of them together in New Jack City, right? But yeah, it's not bad. I don't think you know. I I don't know, but having not seen it, okay, can't put Alan Payne on there. I didn't think it would be fair. All right, even though. I was really tempted. I mean, yeah, I had yeah, him yeah. at number two before I realized I can't do that. Yeah. I oh, got to yeah. be fair. got to yeah. be true. So. All right. These are my top five not leading men, starting with number five. Okay. Number five. Billy D. Williams. Billy D. Williams. Yes. Who was the lead in the film Hit? Yes. Um, 
He was also kind of like the the co-lead in Mahogany. Yes. Um, I didn't use the final come down as as, as uh, a selection because I didn't see the final come down. Okay. Um, and I didn't use Bingo Long and his traveling all stars because that to me plays more as an ensemble film. Okay. Even though he's his name is the yeah first. yeah oh yeah absolutely but it's, it definitely is more of an ensemble. He's actually Bingo Long. Right. Yeah. But I, I think he's still in that film is on equal footing with James Earl Jones. Okay. And, you know, and some might even argue Richard Pryor, who definitely is not the lead, but it just stands out so much. Right. So I didn't use that against him. But in thinking of Mahogany and thinking of Hit and just thinking about Billy Dee Williams in general, nothing against the man. Mm-hmm. I think he has a fair amount of charisma. But for some reason, despite that and despite the looks, when he is asked to be the leading man, I just I find it very hard to find him believable. Okay, I just don't find him believable. He just doesn't connect with me. And I think the proof is, is that despite his appearance um, and the way that Hollywood and certainly Black America tried to prop him up. We've talked about it. He doesn't really become much of a leading man, even in Black films. Okay. All right. So I I think the, the evidence points that he may have been that really great looking character actor. Okay. All right. All right. So that's number five. Number five. Number four. Number four. Cuba Gooding Jr. Cuba Gooding Jr. Who, after the Academy Award winning uh, supporting actor role in Jerry Maguire. Right. Would then go on to be the, the man above the title in Chill Factor. Yes. Which is a crime drama that is just it, it, let's put it this way it will show up one may right. very soon i don't think i've even heard of it until just now it's not it's him and skeet Ulrich. it's not that oh, great lord yes yeah. Th- there you go yeah enough said but then he also is the lead above the title in snow dogs uh-huh and boat trip yeah and cuba Gooding jr not a bad actor with the right script does all right yeah um but and 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 to be fair he does some good work in 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 here but not as the lead you know he's not bad in men of honor opposite robert de niro never even saw it it's it's okay it's nothing great i I don't think either of them are you know at the top of their game so he's not bad in other stuff but Again, I don't think he connects as much as the lane was there for him yeah. to be a leading actor. I don't even know how much the lane was there. I think either him or his agent are terrible. Well, there. They ch- like the scripts that he chose. Mm-hmm. I never I, I thought he was just pulling them out of a hat. I know. I know. Or maybe it was an Eddie Murphy case where like Eddie Murphy talks very candidly about the amount of money that people paid him he just couldn't turn it down but his filmography is 
is terrible. It's it's really is. I mean, after Jerry Maguire, he does he's in and like you're starting at Jerry Maguire like he wasn't in Boys in the Hood ten years before Jerry Maguire. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, he's got a small role in a few good men. Um like they were writing about the Jerry Maguire role as if it were a comeback story. Because between Boys in the Hood and Jerry Maguire, he made terrible movies. Well, it's not that he made terrible movies. Like I said, he's in A Few Good Men, um, but he just doesn't get the whoa, opportunity. Whoa. He's not in A Few Good Men. You said Men of Honor. No, it, he is actually does have a, a small role in A Few Good Men. He's one. He's like like one of the. He, he's not one of the. Um, Where is he in A Few Good Men? He, he I think he's one of the the guys who gives evidence. He's he's because he's not one of the 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 guys that are on trial. Are you looking right at it? It says he's in a men. Yeah, Corporal Carl Edward Hammaker. I have no memory. If of you want, if, this, if, and I've watched a few good men a thousand times, a thousand times. And when you watch it again, you'll realize. That, well, again, you'll realize that's Cuba Gooding. He doesn't even really stand out in that film because his role is so small. And this is the next year following boys in the hood right you know he did he did the other gladiator film which we've talked about right with, which was terrible with him and james marshall yes him and james marshall are in a few good men because james marshall plays the the um the right the soldier the, with the, the soldier, little bit of yeah little, yeah little him i remember yeah uh and then he he's, he's <laughs> i don't think he had deficiencies i think it was just dumb no, I think they played him. No, I think he was just dumb. Like, he was just dumb. No. Some people are just dumb. It's okay. No, I, I, okay, I hear you. I'm pretty sure he was just dumb. I guess maybe you got to think you got to think that he was maybe just dumb. Yeah, he was just Because he made it to the military. So he would have had to pass some type of test. Right. I don't think there was anything wrong with him. Okay. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> How? How? Right. I thought that was, like to me, like to me, that was part of the tragedy. <laughs> like some people are just dumb. That's he was a, like he was a dumb guy, <laughs> and like the brother was also actually dumb, but he was smarter. He than was a jarhead, right? So by the end, he had realized mm-hmm. the error of his ways. Yeah, yeah. but you know, <laughs> how? How? We're not going to disrespect people who have actual challenges. I thought it, I, by lumping him in with them. I don't know. Okay, yeah, he was just a dumb guy. Fair enough. All right, uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. Then he's got a small role again in Lightning Lightning Jack, uh, which is a Paul Hogan <laughs> piece. This okay? Uh, yeah, you don't have to read off his entire terrible bio, uh, filmography. I'm gonna stop you at he had a small role in Paul Hogan's other film mm-hmm. and then he you remember he's an outbreak with dustin hoffman remember that film i remember the film i don't remember him in it at all because he flies around dustin hoffman at the end he's kind of prominent in that but but again he's it's, all right yes all right. So, yes, so, all right. yes yes not leading man for material. no no he's not and i i don't think it's because of his talent i think it's because he picks terrible scripts Perhaps. Well, yeah. he doesn't have a talent for scripts. There you so go. Perhaps it is his talent. Right. He, right. He, some, him or his agent, somebody needs to 
Number three. Number three. Might be a little controversial. Oh, oh, well, you started with Billy D. Williams. I'm sure we'll hear about that. So go ahead. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Everybody loves Billy D. Williams except you. Max Julian. The I mean, Mac, Thomasina, and Bushrod. I think the, are those only two films he's the lead in? And that's the thing. Coming off, first of all, coming off his role in Uptight, a film that, yes, got slept on, but it is a film that critics, you know, did love and critics pointed to his performance. Did they love it at the time? No, they did. Because I thought that I thought Uptight got a little, had a little bit of blackball on it because of the writer. No, uh, a matter of fact, um, for his performance in 1968's Uptight, New York Times movie critic Judith Chris stated that Julian was a standout in the standout cast. Okay. Um, and Raul Gribbenwald, Gripinwald of the Santa Monica Evening Outlook wrote, Max Julian's portrayal of Johnny Wells in Paramount's Uptight could very well result in an Academy Award. The Hollywood Reporter chimed in that Max Julian creates a memorable piece of reality. This was all at the time. Why do us? Why did I think they tried to? Like they didn't bury Uptight. I thought Uptight got buried. The film may have got the buried, film but itself. I'm saying the, yeah, but the critics, right? No, I understand the critics, but you know, I don't think Uptight is fair because they buried it. No, but I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Critics were very complimentary of him, and it even says that because of um, the, the critics. Uh, praise of his performance in that role, despite the film not getting the acclaim that it, it deserved, Julian was then invited to Europe to discuss film possibilities. So people, so he was on people's radar. Okay. And then you know he, he he does smaller roles, and then he locks onto the Mac. Right. And the Mac is a film that everybody is like, oh, this is this is him. He's on his way. And he doesn't go anywhere. Right. He does Thomasina and Bushrod and he doesn't go. He he, he doesn't make the turn. And we pointed out that Thomasina and Bushrod, he is one of the problems with that film. It's his performance. Look, I, I actually don't think he's that charismatic. But that's the thing. I don't think he is either, but he's set up. Right, right, right. He's set up. Well, you know, well, there you go. And and I think this is why he doesn't make yeah, it. Yeah, I think that's a case of water rising to its level. Right. Yeah. All right, number two. Number two. Another controversial piece. Uh, why not? Morris Chestnut. Interesting. Now, I tried to be fair with Morris Chestnut, and he does a lot of ensemble pieces. Right. And some ensemble, most ensembles, he's either number one or number two on the call sheet. But they're still very much ensemble pieces. So I can't hold that against him, right? Or at least I, I didn't want to hold that against him. But when he is decidedly the leading man, such as in the films that I, I put here, two can play the game where mm-hmm. he's opposite uh, uh, Vivica Fox. Yes. And not easily broken where he is the star. Yes. Um, I, I, I don't find him a strong presence at all. I think Morris Chestnut, and I was going to maybe say this about Max Julian to a certain extent, 
is 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 always surrounded or or just the actors in his cohort are better actors than him Mm -hmm. you know even in that kind of sweet black bohemian space tay diggs Axe rings around Morris Chestnut. T. Diggs, Terrence Howard. Terrence Howard, right? Like, like even in that space, you, mm-hmm. you know, you fool around and um, what's my man's name from the Wood? He played the bad guy. Oh, he, Rich, uh, Richard. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, like he's good. He's good. Um, I had I had uh, Morris Chestnut. He even he even yeah. can't stand out. I was thinking about uh, what's that film? The Brothers, where he is number one on the yeah. call sheet. Yeah, but he can't even raise above Look. Shamar Moore, right? D.L. Hughley, right? And um, um, Bill, Bill Bellamy. Bellamy. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, he should, he should be. To be fair, because just because of the swag that you would think he would yeah, have yeah, at that yeah. point, good looking dude, he should be able to like outshine them and he can't i put a little pin in him though i really liked him in a best man holiday true but again that's a, that's very much no 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 but i'm wondering if now we're getting like like i'm hoping maybe we're moving to morris chestnut's time as an actor you're not because not long after best man holiday he gets a tv show all to himself yeah and and he didn't really stick yeah, yeah and he doesn't he can't land Stick that landing. All right. Morris Chestnut. Morris Chestnut. And number one. Number one. Which, to be fair, when I made this list, I started with number one. Okay. And he's a, he's a he, I admit, he's a frequent punching bag of mine. Jim Kelly. <laughs> sure. Of Black Belt Jones, yes. Hot Potato, and Black Samurai. Yes. Fame. The Black Karate Man from the 70s is also not a good leading he's not it, see and here's my problem oh, because you, well you didn't ask here's my problem <laughs> you say he's the black karate man of the 70s right but the thing is is that he's propped up primarily because of his um because he's the black karate man well it, yeah because it, but that's really because Enter to Enter the Dragon anoints him as so. But all three of these movies are black karate man movies. Like what's actually on the screen are black karate man movies. He a black karate man. No, 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 no. I understand. Yes, he is a black karate man. Actually, the black karate man. Oh. Yes. Yes. Yes, he is. Um, but I, I, oh man, I had it and I lost it. I'm, is it somewhere he's not the black karate man? No. Is it a movie where he plays like an accountant <laughs> that I don't know about? <laughs> he's like a sculptor. No, here in, we in go. Venice. Here we go. I contend that a more appropriate and far more better martial artist as the black karate man of the 70s. Should have been Run Man Cleef. I mean, sure. <laughs> okay. I mean, he didn't stop. I mean, his films are horrible. <laughs> but he's not bad. It sounds like films. somebody you going to want me to connect. I mean, how you pull Ron Van Cleef out your ass? Yes. Sure. Ron Van Cleef. All right. Because he was better than Jim Kelly. Okay, sure. 
But Jim Kelly, now to be fair, Jim Kelly, I mean, Frank Van Cleef, <laughs> if he got a stylist, he, he was every bit as good looking as Jim Kelly. <laughs> okay. And he was a better martial artist. <laughs> And I and I would have liked for him to get his Jim get the Kelly, praise. You just was off. Jim Kelly just stole your lunch <laughs> in nineteen like it was some little girl you liked in nineteen seventy nine, and she said no, Lynn, because I like Jim Kelly. I only like black karate mans, and you said from this day forward, Jim Kelly is my enemy. <laughs> like how you pull Jim Kelly out? You, you you mean Ron Van Cleef? No, how you pull Jim Kelly out to even talk? Like, of course he's not the leading man because he's a black karate man. Ain't nobody asked Jim Kelly to be no leading man. Well, he's a leading man in all three of those films, and I'm saying the black Ron, karate movies. Well, I'm saying Ron Van Cleef would have been a better oh, selection. God. Okay, yes, he was. Yes. He was right there in the era. Yes, these are, and he, he had the nickname. He was called the Black Dragon. Yes, these are strange hills that we're dying on now. <laughs> I mean, but okay, all right, sure. <laughs> Let's hear from Ron Van Cleef. So that's my number. That's my top five. Right. We just all, all to get to Jim Kelly. <laughs> you said it yourself. You started with Jim Kelly, and then you built <laughs> this around Jim. <laughs> all right. <laughs> That girl is sitting somewhere right now. She ain't even thought about Jim Kelly since 1977. All right. So that's my top five. <laughs> Feel free to email us yes. at mission at gmail.com. Right. You're not leading man. Yeah, yes. All right. <laughs> or your replacement for Jim Kelly. Yeah, yes. Jim Kelly, who's, who's not. Yes, he's just a black karate man but it should have been ron van cleef so should have been yes all right like samurai can you name one movie ron van cleef was in exactly (laughs) exactly he's in the black dragon did you have you actually seen the black dragon i think i did no you haven't i think you (laughs) ron van cleef always comes up like someone's always bringing up ron van cleef it's like have you actually seen anything with like we all just sort of talk about them i think i think i, think I saw them like right uh-huh. wait a minute hold up hold up hold up look look i love ron van cleef everybody love ron van cleef but i mean come on he was in the black dragon yes i understand why the powers that be put their money on jim kelly he was in bamboo trap whoa i'm sorry i forgot he was in bamboo trap how dare we forget Bamboo Trap? And the squeeze. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And oh. Yeah. No, oh, this this does not bode well. He was the fight choreographer uh-huh. for a 1985 film that they called The Last Dragon. Yes. See, there you go. It all to, to, the, to the next karate man. The next black karate man. I mean, I spoke too soon. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And we fold Billy Blanks into this, and then we just have all the low-budget black karate man conversation you want. You know, Billy Blanks' son is married to Johnny Brown's daughter, Johnny Brown from Good Times. From Good Times. So Billy Blanks Jr. is married to, I believe her name is Charlene Brown. She played Fun Girl on that episode of Good Times. And then she also 
was on the episode of Different World where they went to sing backup for Gladys Knight. And she uh, she was an opera singer. Hmm. And Jaleesa and Whitley said, we can come together and be like, a, um, we, we can audition as a trio. Mm-hmm. And she was an opera singer. She said, oh, I don't sing secular music. I'm an opera singer. And then when they went to the audition, she, of course, showboated and got it. But she's married to Billy Blanks Jr. How many times have you watched A Different World? I mean, probably four or five. Like from beginning to end? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, nobody really watches the first season. Hmm. Although there's some interesting things in the first season here and there. But yeah. I have not returned to A Different World. All right. I haven't been moved to. Yeah, all right. Anyway. I ain't gonna fight you over A Different World. of Durville Martin where Vincent will attempt to get to the other 70s black karate man Durville Martin. <laughs> That's right because he also knew martial arts. Yes he did. Watch out, watch out, watch out. <laughs> to an actor of my choice in six movies or less. Vincent are you ready? I am ready. Now this was inspired okay. by the Candy Tangerine Man. Okay is it, is it movie pimps? No. Okay. That would have been too easy. Right, 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 right. That, that wouldn't have, that have been half a degree. I mean, you could do like Captain Kangaroo Pimp from Black Dynamite. I guess I could have. But no. Crenshaw Pete and them hot ass coat hangers. John Daniels, the Chaka star. Chaka Giddy Up. All right. Chaka Giddy Up. John Daniels, the star of the Candy Tangerine Man. Uh huh. Along with um, calling himself an actor. Yes. And apparently at one time being a club owner. Sure, why not? He also considered himself a bit of a singer-songwriter. Okay. All right, singer-songwriter. So, the two people I have for you... Okay. ...are also both singer-songwriters Singer-songwriters and, and actors. Yes. So, okay. starting with number one, number we're from Durville Martin, two... Two... Justin Timberlake. Oh my God, Justin Timberlake. So Justin Timberlake was in a bunch of movies that I've not seen. <sighs> okay, I'm Justin. sure you've seen. I know one. I'm pretty sure you've seen. He was in that science fiction thing where, like, time was running out mm-hmm. for people. Mm-hmm. In Time was the name of that. I don't know who else was in that, though. Well, it was a young lady. Because I did not see that at all. You didn't see it? No. It's not bad. It's a little long. Yeah, there's nothing about anything that I've seen Justin Timberlake in that I said, oh, I should go watch that. Uh, I bet there's one. What's the one? The social network. Yeah, I have no interest. Oh, you didn't see that? Not at all. Oh. Not at all. But um, is Jesse Eisenberg in that? Yes. Is is it Jesse? Yeah, Jesse. Yeah, because that's the Facebook movie, right? Yeah. (sighs) 
Okay. <laughs> That's another movie I bet you've seen. <laughs> What's the other movie? Uh, how old is uh, Adam? Oh, right. He's also in them troll movies, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> I knew you've seen him. Yeah, I know. I, I know, know how that works. I know. <laughs> I know. Okay. This is how we are going to get to Justin Timberlake. Derville Martin is in. All right, so Justin Timberlake is in Trolls. And he's in the social network. Okay. Derville Martin Mm -hmm. is in Five on the Black Hand Side. With um, Dick Anthony Williams. Dick Anthony Williams is in Mo Better Blues with Cinda Williams. Mm. Cinda Williams is in One False Move with, um, oh, what's my man's name? The brother in One False Move. The brother. Oh, um, just lost him. I'm tired. Jeez. Oh, okay. Let me look it up. I I, I know exactly who you're talking about. Um, Looking he's in right at him, right? He's only in ER. He's in everything. Is it uh, Isaiah Washington? No. No, 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 no. That's not who you're thinking Mm-mm. about. You're thinking about... Um, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm going to pull him up. Looking right at him. And I love him. Michael Beach. Michael Beach. Yeah. So Cinder Williams is in One False Move with Michael Beach. Michael Beach. He was on ER. I never watched ER. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael Beach is in Aquaman with Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa is in Justice League with Jesse Eisenberg, who is in The Social Network with Justin Timberlake. Michael Beach plays the original Black Manta. He's Yahya Abdul-Mateen's father. That's right. Um, Jesse Eisenberg is in is in uh, Justice League. At the end, he's I, in the Stinger. The, the Stinger. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. That's right. If you, you you didn't see the Social Network, I did not. So, who else is in it that I could have used? Andrew Garfield. Oh yeah. Well, you know he's in that. He's right. He's in the Marvel Matrix. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, but like you could have used him in uh, Amazing Spider-Man two with um, is that Jamie Fox? Jamie Fox, yes. Yeah. And then that that probably got you. Could have got yeah. you real quick, but 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 good, but yeah. good. All right, yeah. This one, 
maybe a little harder. All right. Maybe not. Maybe not. We will see. We'll see. I didn't know that this person was also, I knew this person was an actor. Yes. I didn't know that they were a singer, songwriter. Also wrote songs too, and that would be? Released 20 albums. 20 albums released by Jackie, Jackie Chan. Chan. You know what? I didn't know Jackie Chan was a singer. And you know what? The easy way to get to Jackie Chan is through Chris Tucker. But I'm not going to use Chris Tucker. Taking Chris Tucker off the table. Take Chris Tucker off the table because Dervell Martin is in Guess Who's Coming to Dinner with Sidney Poitier, Mm -hmm. who is in Porgy and Bess with Sammy Davis Jr., who is in Cannonball Run 2 with Jackie Chan. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Remember, they were trying to they were trying to introduce Jackie Chan to an American audience. That's so right. he was in Cannonball Run too. <laughs> wow! Wow! <laughs> and Jackie Chan just he he looked man. He either w- could not speak English, refused to speak English, and they just could not break him until later. Wow. Uh-huh. I forgot all about Cannonball Run 2. How can you forget about Cannonball Run 2? One of the greatest achievements of Western civilization. Dean Martin and Sammy Davis Jr. are disguised as priest. Shirley McLean is a nun. Dom DeLuise and Burt Reynolds commandeer an ambulance to race across um, America. And Jackie Chan plays an Asian guy. I'm not being racist. I think that was actually his character. You know, he was, um, it's definitely a good pull. He made a cameo in the first Cannonball Run. Really? Yeah. As like a totally like different character. So it was just a cameo. Because, you know, he's more of a, like a, person in mm-hmm. in the second one. Oh, wow. I forgot all about that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a good one. Bro. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Oh, man. And it makes me smile because now I'm thinking about Cannonball Run 2. You know, I love the Cannonball movies. The I Cannonball haven't Run seen movies. those movies in so long. I actually was thinking about um, because I was listening to a podcast that was this podcast was doing like a mini series of like all these those big dumb chase movies mm-hmm. they were like reviewing all of them. Uh-huh. And and I was listening to them because they they it started with a mad, 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 mad world. Sure. It's one of my favorite movies. But then they started, you know, talking about the movies they were gonna do and they were talking about Cannonball Run. I was like, I haven't seen Cannonball Run in forever. It's just joy. It's just I mean pure dumb joy you got to take your head off and you got to remember the times because i remember it being pretty like in through a 2021 lens 2022 lens it's pretty racist but was it i mean because there's a whole lot of good old boy stuff i mean you know it's not racist so much as it pretends that these people aren't now are you sure you're not thinking about smoking and the bandit well smoking well no, I'm thinking, I thought I was thinking about Cannonball yeah, Run. Smoking but to be bin- fair, I like I said, I haven't seen it yeah. in forever. Yeah. I wouldn't mind going back to and that. And the Smoking the Bandit, Smoking the Bandit 1 or 
quietly, all of the Smokey and the Bandit films are pretty watchable. I mean, it's diminishing returns. Yeah, because I, I actually watched the first Smokey and the Bandit. And that was kind of cool. Oh yeah, and and then uh, I, I didn't feel like I needed to watch any more. Oh yeah, them. but but I think I think it was that beautiful moment where Burt Reynolds got the big head, mm-hmm. but then people realized Jackie Gleason was the best part, mm-hmm. and then the films became Jackie Gleason's movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You but know, yeah, Cannibal Run. I love Cannibal. All Run. those chase movies. You ever watched the Gumball Rally? No. With Michael Sarazen. I don't even know what you're talking about, right? It, it was one of those big dumb chase movies, early seventies. It it wants to be wild. It's just yeah, dumb. It's no fun, no fun. I may have to watch Cannonball Run. Maybe, maybe, maybe Sunday. Oh, no. Cannonball Run is is fantastic. I have so much writing to do. Maybe, yeah. maybe I can talk my if I can talk my lady into sitting down and watch. I made her watch the Mad 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 World. She 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 didn't like it. It was a little dated for her, but. I've not seen It's a Mad Mad World in probably 10 years, but I think Cannonball Run might be more fun. Well, because it's zippier. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. The Mad 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 World is three hours long, so it can't help. Then it's that. (laughs) It it won't be more fun for me. Right. I just love it. Yeah, but Cannonball Run is is very much zippier and it's very much, it's it's like the remnants of that kind of boozy 70s dean martin celebrity roast mm. like it's got all that energy did they do three of them i don't think so okay i don't think so and i don't remember if dean martin is in both of them he's in well he's definitely in two because oh he's saying. definitely in two and frank sinatra has a cameo yeah yeah and it's like i said it's dean martin sammy sammy davis, davis and shirley mcclain mm-hmm. oh my girl dresses clergyman to race across the United States. All right. All right. Very good, Vincent. All right. That was there Six Degrees of Durville Martin. Well done. All right. Now let's get into our review of the Candy Tangerine Man. All right. We'll be back with the film review as soon as we do something funky and have steps in it. Tangerine Man, a 1975 black exploitation film starring John Daniels, follows the story of the powerful Black Baron, both a pimp and a doting father. A successful Los Angeles-based businessman, Ron Lewis turns into a completely different self at night. His alter ego, the Black Baron 
a prominent, powerful, and feared pimp. But after killing two racist police officers in his pursuit, the Baron realizes that his pimping days are numbered. Directed by Matt Kyber, written by Mike Angel, the Candy Tangerine Man is a bit of a cult classic. Among its admirers are one Quentin Tarantino and one Samuel L. Jackson, but we are here to see if the men of Michelle are also fans. This was the choice of Lynn Webb. Lynn, what do you have to say about the Candy Tangerine Man? Well, first of all, what I am going to say, and Josiah Howard kind of like pointed this out when we did the Sweetbacks Badass Universe. Uh-huh. That the Candy Tangerine Man um, has two things going for it that a lot of the best and worst of the movies of this era and of this genre have in their favor. Okay. One is a a bit of a uh, uh, a marble mouth but memorable title. Yes. The Candy Tangerine Man. Yes. It doesn't roll off the tongue but it's very you know Evocative. It brings images to your mind. Mm -hmm. And it is a film that has, honestly, a fantastic movie poster. Yes, it does. It's a movie poster that I wouldn't even mind having framed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. With a cool tagline. Get back, Jack. Give him no job. He's the baddest cat in 75. Yeah. You You can literally hear Adolf Caesar just like screaming that from your movie screen yeah right yeah on, absolutely on like a trailer absolutely so it is sold that this is going to be oh this is going to be some decent stuff oh yeah and then you see no it says fred williamson doesn't it interesting no it says John Daniels. John Daniels. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Let me clean my glasses because this must say Max Julian. Right. Isaac Hayes. Right. Jim Brown. Right. No. It's John Daniels. John Daniels. Y'all mean Bernie Casey. Right, right, perhaps Bernie Casey. John Daniels. John Daniels. Okay. New man on the block. Mm-hmm. Y'all say he's the baddest cat. It's right there on the poster. It says so on the poster. Let's sign me up for the candy tangerine man. Rolling around in the can. Those Royce. Yes. Of all things. Looking like the candy tangerine Batmobile on this joint. Yes. I'm like, okay, sign me up for this, brother. And then the movie comes on. <laughs> now, neither of us are 100% sure of how this movie comes on because this movie is not easily streaming. No, it's not. Our good friends at Real Black did not see fit to make this part of their online library yeah. that they make available for free via YouTube. It is not on the Brown Sugar channel of Amazon Prime. 
No. Uh, nor is it rentable anywhere. Right. But it is on YouTube. Right. And the film starts in the middle of a scene. It's a bit of a prologue. Perhaps. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Because it's in the middle of the scene. It's like literally in mid-sentence. Yeah. On oh, YouTube, yeah. it starts. Yeah. So you're not sure, okay, is this the whole movie? Have I entered into the beginning of the film? You're not quite sure. And this scene goes on for a good five minutes. Yeah. Before it cuts to the opening credits. Right. And what's happening in the scene? And what's happening in the scene is that John Daniel. The Baron, mm-hmm. the pimp, mm-hmm. is in bed. No, he's is he in bed? Yeah. No, yeah, they're in bed. He's in bed with a white woman who you learned through context and through dialogue is one of his ladies. Well, he's trying to recruit her. He's trying to recruit her right, to right. become one of his ladies. And he's putting what I believe he would call the moves on her that's that is what the yes that's what the film would lead us to believe he is kicking what some might call game mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to her blowing her head up to turn her into one of his ladies of the night yes however john daniels mm. not a bad looking guy i mean sure is so lacking of any charisma Mm. of any swag Mm. any suave Mm. any acting skills any diction as far as getting over the English language Mm. And is so in love with himself and his voice. I mean, he is a pimp. That yeah, but he is so leisurely in his reading of the dialogue that I I can't believe that the young lady doesn't fall asleep in his arms. Right as he is trying to kick this game to him. He it, it it he is just so lifeless in everything that he does. And and to him I guess it, it's sexy, but it, it just comes across as lifeless as and dead. But then the movie cuts to the opening credits, right? Which turns into the candy tangerine Rolls-Royce making its way through town a la the opening credits to Taxi. Right. And it actually doesn't look bad. Right. And it actually kind of works with the music. Yeah. Except the music has been replaced right. with Warren G. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's probably just copyright. And they, oh, yeah. well, pop, perhaps it's, it's copyright. You can't judge that. You can't judge it. But the Warren G track actually kind of works. It, it absolutely works. And then it's setting yourself up for something that 
this film is not prepared to deliver. No. Because it's setting yourself up for a film that is like, okay, this maybe got a little funk to it. Right, right, right. This got like a little swag. It's got a little something, something going on. Because it's got Nate Dogg, you know? Warren G, who I'm not a fan of, but that, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's the track. And then you go back to John Daniels, the Baron. Yeah, the Black Baron. Well, he's called the Black Baron as far as the script, but I think the film calls him the Baron. Right. And then you, it cuts to scenes that take place, um, like in half of a room because people are like excusing themselves in front of the camera. People that nobody has any type of acting skills. Nobody knows what they're doing. The director is, I don't, I don't know who this, um, Matt Simper, Simper is. He doesn't have uh, a lot of credits to his, to his name. He's basically did the Candy Tangerine Man and the Witch Who Came from the Sea. Um, and that's pretty much. He also co-created Glow, the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Okay. So he's got that going for him. He's got that going for him. Um, but like the rest of this film, like, yo, I am not spending a whole lot of time on, on this film because this film is just like a waste of time. The music that they had to edit out was created by somebody named Smoke. <laughs> the Baron proven how dangerous he is because one of his one of his chicks um gets uh roughed up by some no, it, one of his chicks is not on the stroll. So he's like, "Yo, what's going on?" So he goes over a house and all of a sudden there are these white guys there and the Baron to prove his toughness is going to take on the white guys and one white guy he actually like he punches one white guy through a sugar cane pane of glass yes into a swimming pool and then another white guy the baron picks up a, a piece of that glass and flicks it like a frisbee that's right and it lodges yeah. into a brother's neck yeah where he has red paint all over him and he he dies and then there's another guy, this big, you know, Andre the Giant's uh, nephew comes chasing after the Baron. And the Baron gets uh, gets to jump on him, trips him coming down the steps, and then ties him, puts a whole big uh, rubber hose around him and punches him into the pool. And the guy can't get the rubber hose off of him and he drowns right in the pool. So the, so the Baron kills three guys. The Baron kills three guys. Yeah. Because Baron is, is Baron. Right. He's tough. Yeah. He's yeah. a tough yeah. guy, the Baron. Don't take no mess. Yeah. And then he goes home and he, and he, and first of all, he takes the candy tangerine. First of all, the candy tangerine car has, 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 has guns in his, tu- in, 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 in. That's right. The headlights come up. The headlights come out and he's got guns, machine guns. Right, right. It's come like, out and they blow up a car. It's like Sean Connery's James Bond. The James Bond yeah. mobile. Yeah. In, in the Candy Tangerine Rolls Royce a la oh, yeah. the, the Candy Tangerine Batmobile. Yeah. And then, and then he, he goes home. First of all, he pulls the Candy Tangerine car to 
the woods. <laughs> yes. He just he just leaves it there. He just the leaves it, and then gets out and gets into his his plane, Plymouth. Yeah, <laughs> like his cutlass. And then dons his everyday suit and tie, the 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 the, the his accoutrement of the stockbroker trade. Right, he's a regular guy. Regular guy. Yeah. And then he goes home to his wife and his two kids. Mm-hmm. It does household chores. Does household chores where this pimp hand, obviously, it's not that strong because he can't afford an electric lawnmower. Right, right. So he's got just a regular lawnmower. And then he has Mrs. Kravitz, obviously on loan from Bewitch, living mm-hmm. next door to him, who says, who, who, hmm. He looks familiar to me because that will put, that will come later when she sees him in the street in the role of the Baron. It's like he he looks familiar, and, 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 and but she can't put two and two together sure. that he's actually her, her neighbor, John Lewis. Right. Oh, what else did I want to point out? There's something else stupid I wanted to point out in this movie. Um, he he becomes enemies with a rival pimp. Who has the Italian the Italians backing him? Yes. And his rival pimp is named Dusty. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's a pimp named Dusty. Because uh, they ran out of pimp names. I was about to say I would have gone with Silky. <laughs> no, but he, he Or satin. Perhaps. But they called him Dusty. Maybe suede, like I was something mm. that would, you know, speak to fire. See, but that would have been a better see, but that would have been a better been a better pimp name than the Baron. Right. And he can't have a better pimp name than the Baron. See, Dusty so doesn't he, make you think of extravagance. Yes. It I mean, doesn't think, make you think of evil either. Yeah. And he's not even much of a bad guy. Right. Because actually it's the Italians. It's always the white guys and right. and these these two cops, these two racist yeah. uh, uh, cops that keep roughing them up. Yeah. One of them who looks bizarrely like the comic book artist Jack Kirby. Okay. Every time I saw him, I kept I thinking maybe Jack Kirby. Look at Jack Kirby. Yeah. So that that was that was bothering me. Right. Um. And then he 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 buys uh one of Dusty's chicks, His chick named um I think I think her name was Hiawatha or something like yeah, that. Yeah. It was it was something super racist. Super racist yeah. to indicate that she was an Indian. Even though she was clearly played by an Asian woman, but he doesn't buy her. No, he does. Buy- no, remember it's a bet. Oh, that's right, it's a bet. He on on the pool on game. a pool game that he doesn't actually win. No, he, he well he doesn't. You know he doesn't. No, win he doesn't do anything to win. Dusty loses right. because he scratched the he last scratched. shot. Right. I'm like, how does this? How does this set up the Baron as someone we should admire? Yeah, like. I could have won like that. And there's no way that he called that he was going to scratch. Right. It's so, so it makes absolutely no, it scratches yeah. on the last ball. Like he's running the table. Yeah. And it's just a misinverted. That bothered me. That It's sort of like, you, you know how they talk about in Raiders of the Lost Ark. If you really think about it, Indiana Jones didn't have to be in the movie. And Raiders of the Lost Ark. Raiders of the Lost Ark. The Nazis get the Ark. They oh, go, that's right. They open it. The Ark kills him. Yeah. What? What did he really didn't do? What anything. did Indiana Jones actually do? Right. 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 Nothing. The Black Baron is like Indiana Jones in that moment. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't actually do anything. He doesn't do anything. He doesn't do anything. Yeah. And then there's this whole convoluted plot about 
you know, Barabons and <laughs> getting getting some guy to like, you know, cash them out for him and right. and then his bottom his bottom chick is like stealing from him and right right she's right. got a whole crew that it, well it's her family it's so stupid it's 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 pretty convoluted it's, it's convoluted it's, 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 and, and makes no sense it doesn't make sense it seems like a lot of it was written on the fly on the fly i mean look first of all this is um Maybe the most we talk about black exploitation. This film has more of the exploitation part than anything that we've ever done. Frankly, there's more gratuitous nudity. Oh yeah, yeah. There's more a, violence against women mm-hmm. than in anything we've ever done. And and I was thinking about it. We've never done an actual pimp movie. Superfly is a drug dealer. Mm-hmm. There are pimps in movies, right? Because in Truck Turner, Truck Turner, it, there there are pimps in Truck Turner, and even Truck Turner we talked about, and it's all we've been talking about. Unfortunately, recently, Dorinda is this sort of weirdly feminist character because mm-hmm. she has more agency than anyone in the film, and she's doing her. And I think part of it is pimp films are 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 hard like like it's hard to watch pimp films in 2022 like i know we oh it's the costumes and you know oh it's funny and 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 you know i know a couple of people have talked about willie dynamite Mm -hmm. which which i like in theory but I do think that that as time goes on, it kind of turns into a Mickey Rooney in Breakfast at Tiffany's thing. Right. Like if you can get over the Mickey Rooney hump, you can watch Breakfast at Tiffany's. But that's a big hump. It is for me. Like I don't watch Breakfast. I've said this before. I don't watch. I can't get over the hump. Right. A film like The Mac, a film like Willie Dynamite, I'm just like I can kind of get over the hump with the misogyny just because you know i think the films are good enough and i've watched them so much but if someone tells me they can't i completely understand mm-hmm. the low quality of this film is it is no way justifies getting over that hump um john daniels is 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 very much a non-entity and i think that is always a cardinal crime in black exploitation because yep. black exploitation films oftentimes don't have the script. No, don't have the sets. Don't have the, the don't have the sets sets sets. Don't have the financial backing. Don't have the attributes that we talk about when we talk about the quality of films, but they have these central personalities. Mm-hmm that draw you to them that get get it over that get it over and without that central personality everything kind of falls apart this is a film that 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 also is quintessential black exploitation and you said it at the beginning i think 
arguably most black exploitation films were like this, where the 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 publicity and and the merchandise and the posters are the best part of the film experience. Mm-hmm. This is my first time seeing the candy tangerine man. This is very much one of the posters that you see. You see out there. Like you see these wonderful posters and it's a wonderful poster. Gorgeous. It is gorgeous. This whole plot with him having this secret identity, you, you know, it, it's almost, let me just stop. I'm, I'm not even going to go there because it's almost like the Tyler Perry film critique where it's like, it's all terrible. And you just like, like you could spend a half hour talk, pointing to every little aspect of it. That's terrible, but it's just terrible. Mm-hmm. But it's such a strange plot point. Like he has this secret identity where he's a pimp during the week. And then on weekends he comes home and he has this whole different life. And then you have like these two or three scenes. Cause he's only home for two scenes Mm -hmm. where like you said it's almost like this weird sitcom yeah yeah and then we talked about the 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 bond plot then things get weirdly dark Mm -hmm. like you know do commit suicide we talked about all the violence kills uh right and kills the woman too so that it's kind of all over the place it really is. It's. I think you hit it on the head when you yeah. said it. Like it feels like it's being written on, on the, the fly. fly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I will say that the idea of him having the dual identity, I actually, I'm fine with that idea. He just doesn't pull it off. They just don't pull it right, off. Right. Right. Because I, I think that's a. I think there's there's definitely something to be sure, mind. See, I mean, sure. we we. We see it all the time. I think about, you know, I mean, yes, they did it more, a whole lot more masterfully, to be fair. But I think of one of the best shows of the 20th century, Mad Men. And Mad Men was all about Don Draper and this dual life that he was living. Right. You know what I, I mean? I mean, he wasn't really living a dual life. Like, he had just taken over the man's life. Like, he wasn't going on the weekend and was Dick, whatever his name was, in the war. Sorry, spoiler. Um, like this, he's actually going back and forth. No, yeah, but Don Draper in the Mad in in uh, Mad Men, like he was, he was the poster child uh, of you know that era. You know, handsome guy, good job, damn near a trophy wife. Yeah, two kids, living well. You know, upper middle class at least. Yeah, oh you yeah. know. Um, and uh, seemed to have or, or tried to portray having not only the intellectual superiority, but the moral authority over everyone else. Right. And yet, you know, his whole other side, he was just he was just a raging freaking, you know, asshole. Right. You know what I mean? So. In in a way, to me, he always seemed like he was living like a a, a dual life. I, I I can see where it's not necessarily right. the same, but I think how- a bigger parallel is, of course, the classic film Doctor Detroit with Dan Aykroyd, where he also was a secret pimp mm-hmm. who then during the day, I believe, Doctor Detroit perhaps was a dentist. I don't remember. I haven't seen Doctor Detroit in years. 
I seen. I think I. I think I saw it. I of course, know. you saw Doctor Detroit. I don't know. I, I, you know, I probably was. So there you go. So, so we, we we've got we've got Raiders of the Lost Ark, Mad Men, Doctor Detroit that we've all traveled to because this is where Candy Tangerine because Man is this is where us. the Candy Tangerine has led us. took us because the Candy Tangerine Man itself as mm. a text. Mm doesn't really hold your attention not not at all all. and if anything else like you were talking about max julian in your top five but i think this is also an example of of a black exploitation film and i think if you've watched a lot of black exploitation films this is more indicative of what they became than not Mm -hmm. but a film like this makes you appreciate the ones oh yeah that we talk about more yeah like you know the, the mac is like do the right thing compared mm. to this yeah so this also makes you appreciate um like i pointed out in my top five this is a guy because he's not bad looking and he's got a certain stature right i was about to say suits look good on him. right this is why he gets to be the lead in this and also the lead in black shampoo right which is a tries to be what the film shampoo was um which starred warren Warren Beatty, Beatty, which was basically a sex romp yes and black shampoo tries to be the black equivalent of that so john daniels is jumping in and out of bed with a bunch of women but they also in that film tried to put in this whole crime and spy element to this guy who's a hairdresser. I'm impressed that you've seen black shampoo. Yeah. I can't believe it. Yes. I've, I've seen black shampoo. Cause I don't think I've ever seen black shampoo. Well, you will soon. Yeah. Yeah. I just see the posters. Yeah. That one is actually not that great of a poster. Oh, he's got on like the white, the the, the white and he's holding the two hair dryers like they're guns. Yeah. I I actually like it. I I think it's a little clever. Yeah. Mm. Well, it's about as clever as that film gets. I mean, look, it's, it's like almost the exact same team. It is. Andy Tangerine. And you know, now I think about it, it's almost the same movie. Yeah. Not good. Yeah. Not good. So ask me my question. So I got to say, so I guess what we're getting to is, is the eternal question. Mm -hmm. Lynn, would you recommend the candy tangerine man not even for a minute not even for fun not even just to sit around having in the background that you cook out no this film should be buried by the poster i agree i agree it's 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 a badly made film mm-hmm. but i think what is even more egregious is that it's not fun and not to be that guy, but the gratuity and the violence against women, because it's a lot of violence against women. There, there's sexual assault. There is, you, you, you know, like people are getting disfigured. Mm-hmm. One, you know, a plot point at the very end, you come to find out that a woman who's been in it all along is is an ex-prostitute who got her face got disfigured and there are parts of this film that feel a little mean they do the only thing that makes it 
palatable as anything in this horribly made movie could, could be is because of the low quality of the film the violence that you speak of and the sexual assault uh, 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 much of the sexual assault while it's definitely there and implied is off camera right you don't right you, you don't, don't see it, it. Um, and the violence the violence that you see is almost laughable right I mean it's still violence but yeah. in in its practice it's not graphic no but it's definitely there and it's definitely yeah. again just an ongoing theme like like one of the things i always say about um dolomite and the human tornado is that rudy ray moore of course plays a pimp in both of them but there's it's it's never it never it's never mean spirit no no well to, to be fair that you know between queen b between rudy ray moore just sort of being kind of jokey jokey mm-hmm. like you don't get that that violence of spirit that you get in a lot of these depictions mm-hmm. of like i i joked or like we were talking about the um six degrees and i said are you going to use fictional pimps and i referenced crenshaw pete from black dynamite mm-hmm. and that was you know crenshaw pete with these hot hangers because he would heat the hangers up and burn prostitutes with them and no it's played for laughs in black dynamite much like everything in black dynamite that is a reference to the 70s movies mm-hmm. where it was these pimp movies and i have to say here's yet another sidebar it's funny when you look at the films that we've done a lot of times you can tell a story by the films that we haven't chosen all this time Mm -hmm. and like i said at the top of my review we haven't done any pimp movies nope and and we never talked about it like i just realized it when i was watching this i said wow we've never actually done any pimp movies but I think that's part of it because there is this vein mm-hmm. of mean spiritedness towards one, like like literally misogyny, that doesn't sit well. Yeah, and yeah. you see it in here. So, no, I would not recommend this film as well. Not at all. Before we tell you what we're going to be watching next week, ladies and gentlemen, the special guest that um, will be scheduled to join us. We invite you all to check out the Me Show Mission. Go to our website, MeshowMission.com, Two Men, One Podcast, Every Black Film Ever Made, where you can hit swag and check out all of the cool designs that we have available to you by way of our good friends at T Public, including our Six Degrees of Durval Martin collection. Um, and the Killer of Childhood Dreams collection will be coming soon. Um, so stay tuned for more news on that. Feel free to email us at mishowmission at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail at 215-867-9666. Tell Vincent and Len what is on your mind. You can follow the Me Show Mission on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Me Show Mission. Subscribe to the Me Show Mission so you can watch us on twitch as well as on youtube and where you find our podcast please give us a five-star rating and review on spotify or apple Podcasts because that helps people find our show 
The Michelle Mission is produced by Vincent and by me. It is edited by me. Our co-producer is Mo Popular. Our social media is handled by Toya Haynes. Our intro and outro music is by one Alexa Gold. Next week on the Michelle Mission, we will be joined by our very special guest who couldn't make it a month ago, but she's coming this month. Yes, sir. Actress, writer, Carla Brothers. Hey. Who will be with us. And we're going to stay in 1975, Vincent. All right. And I think this has a chance of being a better film. It, it I, I absolutely, if you look at the pedigree, I would be surprised if it wasn't. Well, just to be fair. It's hard not to be a better film. True, true, true. <laughs> than uh, Candy Tangerine Man. Carla Brothers will be joining us to review A Warm December. A Warm December. Starring one Sidney Poitier. And? Oh, I, I drew a blank. Is it Leslie Uggams? Hmm. Is it Leslie Uggams? I thought it was like a, 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 an unknown, like a, a first time. Actress as a star there. I'm going to look up. Am I thinking about For the Love of Ivy? I think you're thinking of The Love of Ivy. Uh, yes. Uh, a Warm December. No, it's not It's not Leslie Uggams. I didn't think it was as Leslie Uggams. Uh, it stars, um, yes, Jamaican actress uh, Esther Anderson. Esther she is the Anderson. Star. And Leslie Uggams is not in For the Love of Ivy. That's Abby Lincoln. Mm. So I'm thinking much like the singer songwriters, I'm mixing up my black actresses slash singers. So perhaps you might want to stop while you're ahead. Just, just stop. 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 And let's wait for a warm December. Wait for a warm December. Next week here on the Michelle Mission with very special guest Carla Brothers. Until then, he's Vincent. I'm Len. And in parting, we say we'll see you when it's time to meet again. Mm-hmm.